Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Maverick Matthews, and you are listening to Pepper for Your Steak. Thank you for being here. As promised, I have a much lighter episode this week. This week I bring you another episode of Dystopia Now with my friend Nick Hinton. If you would like to find Nick on the interwebs, he is on Twitter. His Twitter handle is Nick Hinton, N-I-C-K-H-I-N-T-O-N-N. There's two N's. And I am on Instagram. My Instagram profile is at the underscore real underscore Maverick Matthews. You can also go to my website, maverickmatthews.com. I would like to extend a personal thank you to everyone who has purchased a copy of my book, The Wreath of Madness. It is $12. It is worth it. And the last story in the book is a story about Nick and I. Um, this is kind of a thesis on family. I've been through this crazy, challenging year, and uh, it kind of led me in a weird direction. But thank you to everyone who has purchased that, and to the folks who have made donations. Thank you very much. Okay, business away. Let's get into this episode of Dystopia Now. Thank you for being here. This is more pepper for your steak. I hate this. I hate this episode the most out of any we've ever done. Why? I'm, I'm actually having the most fun. The following show contains adult content. Sexual situations, nasty language, and a good fucking time. Have you been injured in an accident that was probably your fault? Cranston Injury Law wants to get you the most for your injury. I had my hand crushed in a Fergdorf trenolator, and there was soft tissue damage, and Cranston Injury Law sued that company out of business just because I had misused the machine. And they got me $7 trillion for my settlement. Cranston Injury Law. All the things that we like and hate and fear, they're all there on the internet. They're a projection of our limbic system. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies. We're going to keep pushing back the frontier of space and keep opening new doors of discovery, opportunity, and progress. The stories won't be science fiction. The United States government has issued a civil warning for all citizens of the United States. This is not a drill, and this is not a test. Okay, I will destroy you. I try to convince people to slow down. Slow down AI. To regulate AI. This was futile. Welcome to Dystopia Now, I guess. Uh... <laughs> is it really going? Yeah, really go? this really, yeah. What? Hey, welcome, welcome to Dystopia Now, I guess. Uh, I'm here in the office, and we got this guy who's out looking at stuff. His name's Tony, and so is mine. What do you want? Yeah. What do you want from us? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah fuck it, Tony. Uh... Whatever. Whatever. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so there's, some, there's something you got. I, you got anything interesting to say? Uh, well, in a few days, I'll be going down to East Palestine to get some radiation samples. Are you really going down there? I really do want to just go see what's happening. Yeah, I want to see. I mean, it for like, myself. what do you think is happening? At, like, post facto. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, are people even talking about it? Or is it just like a crazy idea you have? What do you mean? 
crazy idea I have. I mean, on the news, there's people saying that they were evacuated. Maybe I think there may have, may have been a lot back, and then uh, there's a big lawsuit going on. I think they are only owed $1,000 each per citizen. Wait, they've already like decided this? What? How could they already have decided? Like, yeah, 1000 bucks. that's all you get. I heard that's just what they're doing for now. I think they're actually trying to sue them, though. Dude, the like, wh like the what, if the, what if the place is poisonous forever? Well, that's what it looks like. I mean, so no one's cleaned up any of this poison stuff yet. and uh, It's just sitting reporters... on the ground? Well, reporters are going there and, like, looking at rivers and stuff and, and, like, moving rocks around. If they move the rocks around, then, like, you'll see bubbles come up from beneath the rocks and, like, create, like, a rainbow film on top of the water. And so it's obviously contaminated. Um, apparently animals and plants are dying. Are these but reporters wearing, like, hazmat suits? Yeah, and then I've seen pictures of people wearing hazmat suits. Uh, but not the citizens, just the people. <laughs> just, the, just the government people. You know, they don't have to wear masks or anything. It's fine. Uh, COVID, do wear a mask in Walmart, but not if you're in East Palestine. It's okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't really know what's going on. That's why I just want to go see it for myself. And I'm only, I think I'm like an hour away, so... Well, we hope you don't turn into a frog, Tony, because they're turning the frogs gay. That is true. But are you worried at all about, like, first of all, how weird is it that they're like, okay, uh, it's toxic, but you can just go home? Yeah, well, I mean, they didn't did even, it's like they didn't even about, do any um, testing. Have you, seen that stuff, have you seen that stuff about the Environmental Protection Agency has, like, a right to capture land that is deemed toxic really yeah and then they can relocate you to a 15-minute city oh so okay so let's get into the the dark angle here the conspiracy if you might call it that as richard would say <laughs> yeah as richard says yeah uh, you know so the first thing i brought up to you was i was like okay well Honestly, to me, this like this series of explosions seems like attacks on us, like terrorist attacks. Yeah. Um, because there's so many of them. Have there been any more? Like, let's go through the list of them. How many have there been? Um, I know that there's been one in Texas, North Carolina, obviously here in Ohio. Um, those are the ones that are for sure trains, but there's been more toxic spills or explosions. Um, Arizona, there was a truck that crashed that released a bunch of toxic stuff um oklahoma i think a some kind of factory caught on fire in florida some kind of factory caught on fire well let's discount um, the florida one because that's probably just inept workers oh yeah because you're in florida it's okay well because i'm surrounded by floridians and these people are like the lowest intelligence of the whole country um and so sorry if you're from florida but i am saying that on a florida radio station Oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm just not super impressed with the caliber of intelligence down here. We have say. a lot of friends from Florida. I'm I'm just being a jerk. I, I'm just in a bad mood, Tony. I know you are because uh, because <laughs> because just according to these chemical spills, I also had one of my own where my own private train exploded. That's right. For the folks at home uh, who don't know, you are a train conductor, right? I drive around in a private train that is licensed to drive on roads. <laughs> it has special wheel. It has special wheels, and 
Um, no passengers except for my son occasionally. And yeah, so you're telling me you're like one of those guys in the mall. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> or at a park or at a park that has like those special little trains. Um, yeah, and I, uh, yeah, but I but I have a license to drive it on the road, fast. Do you ever see that video that was making the rounds on TikTok of the guy in the shopping cart who was on the highway holding to the back of the garbage truck? No. You never saw this? That's a, that sounds fun, though. Dude, if okay, so I'm pretty. You know how like videos will go around Instagram and like you'll see the same one like a couple times for weeks or whatever. Yeah. This is one of those videos, and it is a homeless guy sitting in a shopping cart. Okay, and it's from a guy on the highway, and it's pouring rain. And this guy is holding on to the bumper of a garbage truck, and they're going like 70. Bro, and they're going 70 that. miles an hour. Dude, he's just trying to get somewhere. Bro, and he, he looks – I mean, for, for the listeners, go look up this video. I kind of want you to look it up now. I'll even pause this for you to find it because you're going to lose your mind. First of all, I don't understand how the wheels could handle that speed. Are you looking it up, Tom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking up. Yeah, dude, I, you would think that the bearings would just Bro, you're explode. Just, at any second, you're just waiting for this guy to just explode. Yeah, hold on. Shopping cart. <laughs> Dump truck. Garbage truck on the highway. Are they even called, what's the difference between a garbage truck and a dump truck? A dump truck is just a big container with wheels that you can fill with anything. A garbage truck oh, is yeah. like going around getting garbage. Yeah, I'm, I'm silly for that. I'm, I'm glad um, that I had to explain. That was very Johnny Pemberton, what just happened. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't know how to guard. <laughs> I'm so glad we got that on the audio. <laughs> Did you find it? No. Oh, man. For our listeners at home, send it to us. But it's already been two weeks since we recorded this, so. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, dude, I'm out of my mind today. I didn't know what a garbage truck was, and I just, I searched the same exact string of words two times in a row thinking I'd find something different. Yeah, dude, Anyways. and you're excited to go down and get chemicals on your brain? Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, that might, I might be turning into Frogman right now. Frogman. <laughs> well, okay, so like the obvious thing that we talked about. And uh, I just heard Sam Tripoli talk about this exact same thing, so we're not trying to rip a premise off, but everyone's talking about this right now, is how, like, the movie, what's it called, Gray Area? <laughs> Are you, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, it's just funny, you combined a lot of things together, like, there is a gray man in there, and then it's called White Noise. White Noise, okay. Um, the movie White Noise is basically identical to this scenario, like, same town, and the same people who were in the movie were evacuated. Yeah. So yeah, there was they filmed it in the same exact place. We talked about this on our last podcast too before Sam talked about it. So We did? Yeah. Okay, good. So he ripped we us have, off. Haha. <laughs> we have intellectual rights to this movie. We have intellectual rights to this premise. We have a monopoly on uh, conspiracy What if I start on. listening to Broken Simulation and I realize that he's just ripping us off? Um, I'm just joking, by the way. Uh, li listeners, listeners, um... hold on two seconds. Listeners, I'm obviously just kidding. Sam Tripoli is a close friend of mine, and uh, I'm just being silly and giving props where props is due because I didn't, I had never listened to Broken Simulation, one of his podcasts before, and I realized how similar it is to Dystopia Now when I did, and so it's a, it's one of those things where you create something at the same time as somebody else, and they're very similar. All right, what you got? One second. 
dead. There's nothing better than dead air on a radio show. When the people are like, are they still broadcasting? What's happening? While he's doing this, folks, I'm going to tell you a, a virus story. Story about viruses. Uh, yeah, that was, some, that was some good dead air. Sorry, I had to mute myself. Did you hear that incoming call? Sorry, I had to ignore the call. And uh, No, I did not hear it. Don't worry. I was talking about... I had, I had to grab a Bing Raz energy drink also from the fridge. Don't say uh, that. What is a free, free fucking commercial? This is... Yep, I am sponsored now. No, I'm you're not. By, Wrong. I'm going to beep that out. Beep. I'm sponsored. <laughs> no, it, that's literally its name, so it doesn't matter. You can't be, you can't beep it. <laughs> oh, you made that name up? No, it's literally called Bing, so when you nope. say beep. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Free ad space. Right now, people are like, what am I fucking listening to? Yeah, well, fuck it, Tony. This episode sucks, just like the last one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, who cares? What do you want from us? What did you ask me, even? Oh, my uh, God, world, dude. World we, were, we were waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're like, hold on, I want to play. You go, hold on, I want to play this. And then I'm like, okay, well, just hold on. And then you just disappeared for a while. What? This is the best. This is Honestly, this is probably going to get a Razzie Award for this year. This content, it's gonna get a it's, yeah, gonna, no, it's gonna get a Krangle award. Um. Anyways, movie White Noise, uh, great movie, five stars. <laughs> I, give it, I give it ten bags of popcorn out of ten, and I'm actually gonna include a energy drink filled with toxic chemicals on the side. Um. Anyways, <laughs> that's a Tim and Eric ripoff. Go ahead. Yeah, what yeah, are you gonna play for us? Did you find the video? Off. Are you gonna play this for us or what? What do you want me to play? Oh, Jesus Christ. Hold on. So, it's a white noise, right? It's, um, my hot take on it <laughs> is that, is that it's funny that there is, um, a bunch of, like, postmodern references, references to simulacra and references to the situationist international society. Tell us about that, Tony. Are, Basically, a group of people who idle around, they wander around, they flaneur around, they're urban explorers, and they are pranksters, and they create situations. What does that mean? And I don't really fully understand it, but they're, they basically try – they're like the original culture jammers in a way. They're not OGs, though. How old are they? Like, I brought, I, Dude, we came up with the term culture jamming in 1996. Okay, well, you're going to fucking have your mind blown when you hear how old the situation is. Because I'm, I'm a hipster, buddy. Yeah, well, they were doing it before it was hip. I mean, I'm sure somebody invented that term before me. But, like, we, as a, like, my little group of friends started referring to culture jamming way before I ever knew about, like, you know, what's that guy? Chuck Palahniuk's uh, Discordian Society. You mean the, uh, I think it was, like, the Suicide or, no, the Cacophony Society. Yeah, there it is. And, and I, and I They're think there's members from like, a, from like some kind of suicide society too. But anyways, um, yeah, those are all – this is all like Discordianism, right? Um, and so are the Situationists in my opinion. Um, but Situationist International was an international organization of social revolutionaries made up of avant-garde artists, intellectuals, and political theorists. It was prominent in Europe from its formation in 1957 to its dissolution in 1972. The intellectual foundations of the Situationist International are derived primarily from the libertarian Marxism and the avant-garde art movements of the early 20th century 
particularly Dada and Surrealism. So they're Marxists. Overall, yeah, yeah, and they um, they hate the establishment. They hate the Masons, and they are kind of at war with them. Like they, they sound like they just sound like Malachians. They sound like Malachians. Yeah, dude. So like, if it's Discordian in a way, then it goes back to the Bohemians, who are the um. No, no, no. Your link. Hold on. I, I, that, no, I, would, I want to remove that link. Bo, like, Bohem. Like, if this is really a movement from the fifties, okay. Um, Bohemians are just gypsies. They're wanderers. They're flaneurs. Yeah, yeah, but like, that's not my point. Like, these guys are actively creating chaos. Like, they're trying to create situations, but like a chaotic situation, right? And so, like, if you got radicals in this group, they could be doing things like blowing up trains, right? So. Uh, right. The reason the uh, situation has had to um, dissolve was because I think uh, a sect of them became that um, underground group of people who made like bombs or something um, in Chicago. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the some liberation front, some group that was like, you know, the Eurasian Liberation Front or whatever, and they they radicalize and they become terrorists essentially. Uh, and yeah, I mean, like if you read, for example, Illuminatus, Robert Anton Wilson, like he, one of the premises in the book is that there's like 20 different radical groups <laughs> that are kind of like all interacting and fighting for supremacy, but they all have like the same agenda and it is to just interrupt the status quo because they think it's unfair. And so essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially what we're talking about is a group that just wants to do that. And when, when I say Molochian, you know, if you look at this on a real spiritual level, going back to like Babylon, you know, or, or before, you know, you, you essentially find, and if you study like the black nobility, that guy, that guy who was, what's his name? Ian something lectures on this a lot. We're just batting a thousand on references here today. But anyway, the concept is that like, there are essentially only a few tribes of negative energy, right? And then they splinter and get into all these little tiny nuanced side groups but the main ones are like the people who worship Moloch or Baal you know um, this is a it's 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 connected to the influence of Saturn right and the idea is that like all that evil entity wants is pain and suffering and chaos um, and so anything that contributes and dis disorders things essentially goes with that energy and then there's another group the Luciferians um, who are associated like with um, fundamental knowledge and um, duality and anything that seeks to improve the material human condition. So like capitalism is a perfect example of a Luciferian concept because it seeks to, you know, create a competitive, anything that has to do with competition um, and then improvement of the material physical condition. So a perfect example would be the Masons. Because they want to touch and affect yeah, yeah, everything, yeah. right? They want to affect everything and put their little perfection spin on it. And that's why there's so many levels to masonry, whether it's Scottish Rite or whatever. <clears throat> so that's a very, very Luciferian group. And a lot of people don't even yeah. know the difference between Luciferianism and, like, Satanism or Molochianism. But, like, those are essentially the two powerful entities fighting for control. So, like, America is a very Luciferian institution because, you know— supposedly opportunity exists here but you have to fight for it and you have to buy into the babylonian money magic system in order to do that which is a system of control 
and you know it, it goes back to like anything that seeks to control and bind uh, is Luciferian, right? And people confuse that with with Satanism because it's not like Satanism is all about just like pain, suffering, destruction, uh, instability, and and then you can take over through that instability, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> I don't know if I agree 100% with all that, but it is interesting you pointed out like this Hegelian dialectic between the Malachians and the Luciferians, which just seems to be another version of, um, you know, communist and fascist, or, um, yeah, I guess it's like these Discordians versus the Saturnians or something like that. You yeah. Know, it's like chaos. Well, no, 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 no. The Saturnians would be, Discordians would be, Discordians would be defined as Saturnians because chaos is like the idea of Luciferianism is 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 enforcing a kind of order that is competitive, not egalitarian. And so like the on the white on, the, on like the white lodge side of all this, you would have you know like people who worship whatever you want to label like a, a sacred kind of white divinity uh, where it's like and I don't mean like the color, I mean like the energy of like equality, love, um, sharing, uh, non-competitive uh, distribution of resources so that everybody can have a prosperous life. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Which is kind of like what I aspire to kind of focus on, right? And like I pray. I'm not a religious person, but I'm a spiritual person. And when I pray, like I do believe there are entities bigger than us that that it, that may even affect our outcomes or influences and like you, you know that's what vibrating at a higher level suggests right so like if you get negative like there's a real tendency for me to get negative right now because of what's happening in my life situation and i notice that when i start focusing on all that stuff it gets worse yeah 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 and and like when i try to focus on exercise um eating healthy connecting with my friends, um, contributing things like this. Like it takes work to sit, it, even though it sounds like we're just a couple goofballs, it takes a lot of effort to sit down and like do this, right? To create and, and structure things. When I f start to vibrate on that level of energy, like not only do I feel better, but like things tend to improve. Mm -hmm. um, how do we yeah, segue, yeah, how do we segue this? I just want, so like, I'm just trying to think of a like I don't understand necessarily how these um, who exactly these two groups are, but yeah, there seems to be a chaos group and an order group, a black lodge and a white lodge, or Molochians and um, Luciferians, or yeah. So, anyways, like yeah, the Masons, like you said, would be kind of like the capitalist people. Um, yeah, so it's like capitalist versus socialism. Um, fascism versus communists and um, an interesting thing is that the situationist international when it was first formed it had predominantly artistic it had a predominantly artistic focus emphasis was placed on concepts like unitary urbanism and psychogeography and psychogeography is like this weird um, concept that's also been used to study cybernetics and like you know the connectedness between different humans but ultimately it's kind of about when you leave a human to wander and they they're not using necessarily the map of reality that we've been given where do they go where do they naturally go it's kind of about the spirit of place and like um psychic currents right 
like <clears throat> at my college that I used to go to in Toledo, they didn't have any sidewalks at first. They just let the students walk around campus for a while until paths naturally formed in the grass. Like all, and then where all the dead grass was, they created the sidewalks there. That's pretty so, cool. What? That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And so that's like the natural psychic highway of how you get from one room to another on campus, right? And so it seems like there's people um, right now studying how the mind works just through letting people wander and creating situations and see how they interact with them. Like, what are people going to do if we have all these very obviously fake train crashes? It's like a situationist prank, right? Like having a movie about it and then having the thing actually happen in the same place. It's, it's almost like a spectacle type event, which is another um, idea that these people are obsessed with is that society is kind of a spectacle. It's like a theme park. It's like Disney World. Um, <clears throat> well, check this out. Yeah. This, this came to mind when you were talking about the sidewalks. I personally do actually believe that the reason so many construction things like the reason like we have a tendency towards what's easy and cheap guess what we end up with we end up with cities that are laid out in square grids why because it's easy and cheap to make square things that's an extremely luciferian and satanic concept combined because um efficiency and creating order is part of like the luciferian thing but like what happens is if you if you overlay Something that is naturally biologically um, interesting with a grid and force people to interact in a grid. Now you're bringing their level down psychically and physiologically so that like the creativity in their mind is removed. Like how do I get from point A to point B? Oh, you just go – you follow the straight line because it's on a grid. That's yeah, well, it seems, like some, it seems like something alchemical is happening because it's like – you know, even white noise implies randomness, right? The movie name. Right. And so you have you have this randomness versus this certainty. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, like I said, these people were culture jammers. They would create situations to basically, um, yeah, go against the status quo and kind of um, create chaos in society in order to tear down the bureaucracy and you know, allow people to be more free. However, they ended up taking that to an extreme and became <laughs> literal terrorists. Um, I'm, I'm, sh I'm still trying to find the link to the, uh, here's one like thing that's Chica here Chicago underground bomb squad or something like that. I don't remember, but what, here's one thing that's interesting about that too, is like, you see this pattern emerge with everything creative where it starts out organically, right. As mm -hmm. something that the universe gives birth to. A great example is electronic music. When electronic music first came out, it was like this underground thing that came over from Europe real organically. And you could say, yeah, part of it started in Detroit with like particular DJs looping certain songs and like creating this new art form out of it, right? But like in the, especially in the 90s, electronic music was like this very underground secret thing. And people would go to like electronic music festivals, raves as like a spiritual church. You know, and everybody was like, it was very loving and everybody was giving each other massages and touching and MDMA is involved, which, you know, MDMA was originally used as like a marital therapy. And like, I can speak personally from experiences that I had, like, I wish I could get my ex-wife to sit down and, and do like clinical MDMA, like, like, I want to say ceremonies, but like, 
therapy because like it does remove sessions yeah it removes your ego right and so like electronic music was born as this really organic beautiful thing that just came out of i don't like to use the word culture because i think culture is a kind of programming but it came out of our heritage as human beings like as the next form of music that evolved and then very quickly it was turned into like this mainstream product where it's cookie cutter it's you know everybody knows that it's going to be like two drops in a song and then the first part of the song is going to build up to the drop and then da, da, da. there's no artistry in it anymore and now a lot of people most most like common folk who who aren't who don't know the history of the electronic movement think of it as this very like cookie cutter boom 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 thing and you're like yeah I don't understand why people like that well it's because well, it's it's just not the, I... it's just not sorry I'm almost done it's just not the beautiful art form that it started out being right yeah. So, I mean, um, I understand what you're saying. Um, so what I'm saying, let me, let me just wrap this, tie this idea up in a bow and then you can go. So like the okay. idea that this like sort of Discordian movement started as artists and then like either got corrupted or was taken over. That's kind of how every, we talk about this a lot. That's kind of how every movement goes, right? Well, yeah, Bohemian Grove was originally four artists, right? And then it turned into this weird Milwaukee thing. Exactly. And it's almost like that force seeks out because it's not creative. It seeks out things that are creative and tries to destroy them. And right, like, and that might just be part of the human condition, you know? Anytime something cool pops up, the powers that be will get in there and use hubris and pride and um, just the tendency for people to sell out and you know, take that and use it against people. But, um, yeah, like all of these ideas of just like living life randomly, kind of like the situation is where like, I see that proliferating in the world today very rapidly. It's like COVID was almost a situation that these people might've created, or at least the people at the top use their philosophies to create because it turned everyone into wanderers. Like how many more people nowadays are just urban exploring, spray painting all these dead businesses, um, you know, breaking the windows and, and getting in there and, you know, looking around these um, old abandoned buildings and stuff. And, um, but besides all that, <clears throat> it's like, um, it's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's being used to kind of create anarchy. And like I said, on one of our other podcasts, like there's people on TikTok every day playing pranks on people. Like, it's just a prank, bro. Like, everyone is creating situations and creating chaos in the world right now, right? And everything is kind of about the spectacle. Everyone's using their cell phones to record people. No one's actually acting <clears throat> how they would really act because they're being observed constantly. And they're, uh, they're like, living in their own reality television show. Like, you know, everyone... Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like they're setting up the premise for, like, constant 24-hour surveillance of every person ever. Yeah, and so it becomes like a giant spectacle. It becomes a giant show where they're trying to turn the entire country. An now. No one is known as who they are. Everyone's an actor now. Everyone's a celebrity. Everyone's got a. Do you know what it makes me think of though? Instead of having to have the Colosseum where like you have the people fighting the lions, it's like they're trying to turn the whole country into the Colosseum, so that everyone is not. They don't. You don't have to go to the circus to be distracted from what the government is doing. Everything's a circus. So it is yes, almost impossible yes. to not be distracted. Yes, exactly. And so, um, yeah, it's just crazy that pe a lot of people are being, you know, some of these situations are created that entice people 
to go down the rabbit hole, right? Like, oh my God, here's a train that was very obviously exploded on purpose. So let's dig into this. They're enticed and seduced into the rabbit hole. They end up wandering the country sometimes to go find occult monuments and stuff and urban explore these random areas and uncover some mystery, right? But they're literally just chasing their own tail and playing this kind of infinite game, right? Where they're distracting themselves through uncovering these mysteries that really aren't going to change anything at all. It's like um, in the book, The Glass Bead Game by Herman Hess, it's like there's this idea that all the intellectuals live in this like enlightened ivory tower society that's completely separate from the world where all they do is indulge in pursuits of the mind in order to play this infinite game that if you beat it, somehow you become enlightened. And um, that's, I feel like that's what's happening to everyone. Like even this podcast is kind of its ivory tower. It's like, what are we really doing other than chasing our own tail and looking into situations? You get what I'm saying, kind of? Well, yeah. I mean, they're setting it up to, to, for like the, it's like the infinite game principle that you and I were talking about earlier, where, you know, they, it's ideological capture. Like as long as there are different versions of what is capturing people, people are going to be looking for what's, what the quote unquote truth is. And they're going to be comparing all these different things, being like, I got to figure out the truth. I got to figure out the truth. Meanwhile, you're still paying your rent. You're still buying gas. You're still paying the bills. You're still paying your taxes. You're still doing all the things that the, the, the game masters want you to do. And it's just like as long as we keep them busy, then they won't stop doing those things. Yeah, and so it is like a giant alternate reality game. So like, you know, and for people that don't understand what an alternate reality game is, you can think about a situation like this where – you're walking down the street and you find a poster, you know, hanging on like a telephone pole or something. And it says, oh, if you think you're a unique person, do you experience synchronicities? Do you, are you into mysteries? Do you have strange dreams? Then call this number. And you call the number <clears throat> and, you know, you uncover some seeming mystery and a totally orchestrated Easter egg hunt ensues. But you don't know that it's all orchestrated, right? Like, so... You don't know that there's these weird social scientists and rich people behind the whole thing. It's kind of a prank. So to you, it was real, but to them, it was fake. So it's like a hyper reality, right? It's like a fictional truth. You get what I'm saying? And so yeah, I it's feel not like even a, it's not even a through. it's not even a prank what? though. It's like intentional in, introduction of chaos. And, but that person doesn't understand that they're just a useful idiot, being another chaotic element, not focusing on writing a book, how to escape the, the game, not growing plants, not trying to fucking Listen, here's, you know, here's something crazy. I just want to say this. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Is that, is that it seems that we're all kind of trapped in this conspiracy-themed alternate reality game. And so people are playing this infinite game, going around, doing nothing, distracting themselves. But at the same time, it's also what motivates them to keep going. Like, why am I paying my bills? I still got to figure out the mystery. It's like people are still um, collecting resources and working jobs so they can – figure this out but it's really not changing anything well it's also it's also like it's not like an alternate reality like trains are blowing up in people's neighborhoods you know that's happening yeah yeah, for real no it's it's real but it's like it's presented as fake in the way that it's very obviously orchestrated that's why people are looking into it because it's very suspect even my mom is like don't you think it's weird like she doesn't believe me about anything but she's like don't you think it's weird that all these trains are blowing up at the same time like yeah it's super weird and that just reminds me of like you know, when you're into investing and stuff, people say, hey, if uh, your neighbor is telling you to buy something, dump the stock, right? Like right. When everyone gets on board with something, there's obviously something wrong. 
Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying you have to be like the outlier at all times and be unique and special and super smart. I'm just saying it's very obvious to me that they are making it obvious, right? It's interesting, man. There's so many things going on. And like, this is like what, what we were talking about before we started recording. There are obviously people at higher levels who have an ability to change the game and move the game. Like a real simple, Bro, a yeah. real, a real simple example would be like Elon Musk tweets about Dogecoin and like it goes up. So like all you have to do is be one of his friends and he, and have him say like, "Hey, I'm gonna tweet tomorrow." You buy a shitload of Dogecoin, you wait till the tweet happens, you wait till it's at its peak, and you dump it. Like there are people. So that's a very, very simple example of manipulation, right? And then you have like Nancy yeah. Pelosi, another good example. So let's just assume, okay, let's start with the premise that there are people manipulating the game. These people are going to get bored, and they're like, how can we manipulate all of the masses? Oh, now you have something like the military-industrial complex where they're like, well, we can make a billion dollars by starting this war over here or, or like, toppling this government. we got to do this. And, and then, like, now they're doing it to us as a citizenry where they're like, oh, the pe you know, the people are talking too much about Pfizer with Project Veritas. You know, like, it's really getting too much attention, so we got to cause all these other things to get people distracted. Oh, and you know what we haven't even touched on? The fact that they're literally initiating Project Bluebeam right now. Yeah, so I mean, and you know, even my dad asked me about Bluebeam. So, and he doesn't believe me about anything either. So, it's it's crazy, man. Like what's going on? And it seems to me that everyone, like it seems that. Let, let me just start with this. Like, if I was a rich, crazy sociopath and a social scientist, and I had all these infinite resources, I probably would turn society into a kind of escape room and use it as a intellectual you know if i was part of the illuminati i was obsessed with the intellect you know i would probably create these crazy rat mazes to see who can actually make it out right and then introduce them to my ivory tower right yeah maybe my glass my glass bead game who can beat it who can reach enlightenment this seems to be like a giant massive initiation through the game through the escape room through the chapel perilous to bring people into the religion of illuminate uh illuminism you know the illuminized religion it's like but you know one um, interesting thing and, and so everyone everyone is beginning to see reality as a kind of truman show matrix or westworld type scenario where they're like oh my god everything is fake and i think that's a, i think that is being done on purpose they are literally trying to reveal the world stage to people to entice some some kind of gnostic revolution you know it's all about chaos but like this is part of the ritual right and by revealing all of this stuff, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they're getting ready to change the facade. That's why they're revealing it. And some people will be convinced that the good guys really won once everyone reaches that, you know, once, once a portion of the population, a critical mass becomes illuminated or whatever you want to call it. Well, but this is one of the things that's always talked about with Illuminism is that like, and, and it's, it's mentioned even in like, you know some of the references to Weishaupt, and it, and but uh, well, Plato's cave too. Right, but like the idea is that once you do reach that super secret top level, the the secret they tell you is that there's no there's no secret. <laughs> right. Well, and so this also seems to be like the first part, like in in an initiation process. What the adept does is he goes into the abyss, which is kind of what everyone's being prodded to do in the year of the rabbit. They're chasing the white rabbit into the psychological labyrinth, the hole into the synchronistic wonderland, the underworld, right, where the mystery is found. But before you can get there, you have to pass the gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper causes madness and um, 
you have to get past that badness first. But it seems like we are all in kind of like this state of mind where it's like, oh my God, everything's connected, everything's crazy and everything's fake. And it's like, this is the disassociation part of the mind control ritual, right? Where the psyche's fractured and, <clears throat> and yeah. I, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> it kind of does. You know what it made me think of was like this might be a natural – as crazy as this sounds. It might be a natural permutation of like just that the normal progression of the human condition because if, like if the soul is a real thing and like we have been incarnated into these bodies which are just temporary and like are an experience, right? Like it would make sense that like these bodies would create the same kind of reflection of a fake experience for it to have. And so like you get this effect – have you ever taken two mirrors and put them in front of each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that could be that idea. could be what is happening to the human condition because essentially mm -hmm. you have like the soul's experience in the human body being fake and so like of course we're going to turn this whole thing into some weird matrix and then you have the two mirrors just reflecting on into each other and that's the inception component where you're like how many layers deep can the human condition go? Right. Yeah, I mean, that White Noise movie was an example of putting people literally in Inception. The people in East Palestine are living in a simulacrum of their own situation, right? Like, it was a movie that was a fiction that became true. They're living in a hyper-reality, right? They're living in a spectacle. Everyone's paying attention to it. I mean, and, that's the other thing, too. Is like... has a, when everyone has a black mirror in their pocket, yeah, we're going to live in this hall of mirrors, right? Like, it, I really think this is part of the transmutation of the whole entire world that the alchemists at the very, very top are trying to are trying to um, do you know like they have to get the majority illuminated before they can transform everything into the philosopher's stone and it has to be done through Hegelian dialectic like we said where there's the Luciferians versus the um, you know the, the the white lodge versus the black lodge like that's what we're watching it's it's the well I think it's principle it's the hermetic principle you know they're, they're creating these two sides and they're showing the fakeness on purpose so they can reveal the truth on purpose, but it's their truth. That's just my opinion. But. Right. No, that, see, I agree with that. It's not the truth because the, the truth would be like get rid of the government, form small tribal governments everywhere that are like it, it ruled in a very egalitarian way, focus on well, love, that's another, focus that's on things that – They wanted to expose the FBI. They wanted to expose – Yeah, uh, but like CIA here's stuff. the thing, man. They always – all these evil groups always have like 90% positive agenda, and it looks like, oh, no, they're good. But that 10%, it literally negates everything. I'm not saying everything. it's good. I'm saying that this is order versus chaos. But go ahead. Sorry. Right, but there's so many – it's not just – that's so binary. It's not binary. It's not one versus the other. It's it's infinites versus infinites, and that's why it gets so confusing. And what they want yeah, you yeah. to have is a reductionist view so that you're like, look, it's order versus chaos. That is what they want you to think, but that is not real. Go look at nature. It is much more confusing. It's not like, oh, these are the good animals. Lions are good. Like, no, it's just fucking – it's madness, and it's insanity. But there are patterns that do emerge within it that represent love, nurturing, caring, sharing – you know, and then there are also patterns that emerge within it that are the opposite of that. And so in my – like I, I tend to agree with everything you're saying, but I think that like it's not one supergroup versus another supergroup. It's, it's like a bubbling cauldron of all these different components of power and some of them rise to the top and get more for a while and then that naturally goes away. Like you can tell that something is happening to our country. You know, like 
Biden seems to be controlled by, you know, he's definitely not doing things like, why are we sending hundreds of billions of dollars away? And yet we have, you know, food shortages and everything's expensive and gasoline is expensive. And like, people can't buy houses anymore. And like, something is, we are losing as a country right now, but I don't know what yeah. the nature of the battle is. I mean, I think that they're trying to piss off the conservatives on purpose. It's super obvious what's going on. It's not a secret that Biden's totally inept. But um, I think that they are ha – uh, it's like a limited hangout. And they're, they're leaking this information on purpose because I truly believe that the deep state is a kind of sacrificial scapegoat, right? And so they're exposing themselves so – the high IQ people, which, like I said, these people are kind of obsessed with the Illuminati. You know, they're obsessed with the intellect. I think they're initiating the high IQ people. Uh, and this goes into, like, the gate program where, like, you know, um, smarter kids were taken aside and forced to read books like 1984. Yeah, it's like Maze, Maze Runner. Maze Runner and type I think shit. What, yeah, Maze Runner, uh, Divergent, uh, Hunger Games. I really think that all of these things were subliminal programming to create a class of Gnostic revolutionaries that will take down the sacrificial scapegoat. So once the new facade comes in, people will be convinced that, oh my God, the good guys won. When, in, rea when that, in reality, the what? bad guy, when in reality, the bad guys just took over. Yes. Yes. But we will literally consent to helping them bring in the new world order. Like this, this world economic forum, great reset stuff. The fact that it's being talked, talked about by like Tucker Carlson and Joe Rogan, people like that, like it is not a secret. And I think that, a lot of people are pissed off about it, and that is on purpose. They don't let shit like this fly, you know. Right. Right. Out Just like if these were really aliens, the government wouldn't be fucking telling us about them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it's like it's it's such a show. It's such it seems so staged to me. Like Klaus Schwab dresses like a freaking supervillain. Yeah. Like they're they're putting it in our face that this is bad, this is evil, and a lot of these occultists they never imagined. A world run by a dark dystopian fascist like crazy new world order they imagined an enlightened utopia ruled by ascended masters and light beings right and i think that's what we're being prepared for because they're exposing the darkness on purpose so they can introduce the light it's the black and white of the masonic checkerboard right it's the hermetic principle that's alchemy i just am convinced that like it's you know, like just like the Vatican is obviously an evil entity, and they they pretend to be a, a like a, you know, they pretend to be part of the White Lodge. It's obvious that they're not, you know, and they give right, you little, right. they give you little hints. I I totally agree with you that I think they're setting up this whole like these are the bad guys, so that more bad guys can come in wearing the good guy costumes and be like we're here. Yeah, like how does the Antichrist work? He's a savior at first. Right. I mean Hitler, perfect example. He was on Man of the Year, Time Magazine's Man of the Year. Yeah, and he was, um, you know, it was like this crazy occult revival, which yep. is happening in yep. America. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like, it's the same pattern they use over and over. They they create a problem so that they can be the solution. And the real, like, yes. where is the real solution? Uh, who knows? But what do you think? Okay, so let's, okay, so we're getting close to the time here, and I'm going to have to cut a few minutes out, but I'll cut that dead space out in the middle. <laughs> but, I don't know, I kind of like that. <laughs> I know, I'll find some stuff to cut out, but we're a couple minutes over and so I want to wrap this up, but how can we end on a positive, actionable idea where like, I, I know we spend a lot of our time like just nitpicking how bad things are and what we think is really happening. But like, I'll tell you one thing I'm doing right now. I'm, okay. I'm starting a garden with my son. So we just planted all these carrot seeds and we're, they're, they're currently in the sun and they're starting to sprout. 
And like the more time I spend like engaging with the earth and things that are growing, it is very satisfying. And I can see myself devoting a lot of time to this in the future. And a lot of people talk about this. Oh, start a garden, man, start a garden. And everybody hears that and they go, yeah, whatever. No one actually does it. So like, what are you doing? Or like, what what are actionable things we can do to opt out of this reset, you know, uh, on a daily basis, aside from like the obvious ones, like exercise yeah, I mean, I, for a change. I really think it, I really think it's just like, you know, going outside, touching grass and doing the simple things, enjoying your family. And I know some people are in a situation like you, for example, where they can't make that happen as easily right now. But, um, you know, just doing the next right thing for the people immediately around you, not seeking these mysteries that never end. It's the infinite game, right? And it's just going to drive you mad. And it leads to more questions and answers and ultimately insanity if you take it far enough. Um, you know, and so Paul talks about this and, you know, I'll quit with the Bible stuff in a moment, but Paul talks about this. He's like, I worry that people will you know, seek after empty man-made philosophies and lofty, non- lofty, high-sounding nonsense um, and be deceived by traditions of elemental spirits because the simplicity of the gospel actually bewitches some people to go seek after more complex things. And it's just like the craftiness of the, uh, the serpent in the garden. You know, it's like, oh, here's this crazy labyrinth of, you know, ideas. And the answer, I think, is just so much more simple. So I'd like to end on this note where... In Thessalonians, it says, we encourage you, brothers and sisters, to do this even more, to seek to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we command you so that you may behave properly in the presence of outsiders and not be dependent on anyone. And I think that really speaks to this homesteading, get out of the madness, get out of the spectacle movement. It's funny. I agree with 99% of everything you just said, but you know, it's the trend. It's the, you know, those doctrines have also been taken into the hands by the evil ones and perverted it. And you can, can, you can hear the real quick on that note, but hold on real quick. This is an easy, quick point. You can, you can tell by the word command, we command, nobody commands me like that. That word is put in there intentionally because the presupposition is someone commands you. No one commands me. And so like that's exceptional advice. You should drop out and do all that. But it comes from the mouth of someone saying, I own you. And that's where the problem is. If you're going to be my master, if you own me, you have to take care of me. Just like I have to take care of my dog. And no one, where's the where's the fucking care? No one's caring yeah, so, for me. No one's I mean, watching my back. Like you said, like you tell me all the time, God helps people who helps themselves. I believe you. Yeah, but that's, the the, listen, and, that, and it goes back to the, hold on though. It goes, it goes back to the father thing. That's not how good fathers act. I don't help my kid only when he helps himself. I want him to learn to help himself, but that's my job to teach. No one's teaching me. No one's taught me my whole life. No one took care of me when I was a kid and I was getting molested. No one took care of me when I was fucking homeless on the streets of Los Angeles trying to figure out the game. I did all that myself. There was no sky daddy helping me. So that one word puts a distasteful taste in my mouth, but, but the rest of that phrase is beautiful. Like, yeah, you and should, you that. should. And I, and I want to tell you something that I really love that Paul also said. He says, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he says something like the letter of a word kills, but the spirit of a story gives it life. So it's not about that's the right. literal translation. That's right. It's about the moral of the story. And right. But Jesus I mean, like I spoke in parables, right? 
Yeah, but I mean, like, here's, you know, I have, there's a Bible sitting in front of me right now, and it's one of those King James editions where all, everything Jesus said is in red, and all the other words, <clears throat> if you take all that stuff and you read just the red words, guess what? It's identical to what Pythagoras said 600 years before him, which is why I don't focus on this one Jesus dude, because he was only, like, he was like a bad comic who stole jokes from a previous comic who came 600 years before him, and, and elaborated much more eloquently on the nature of discipline. And how you have to be disciplined in order to actually get where you want to be. And one of the doctrines that I see the modern Christian church um, propagating is not discipline. It's just trust. Trust that God will have your back. Well, that's not how it works, man. I'm not, you can't just trust that their dollars will show up in your bank account. You have to go earn them. And that's the well, fundamental I, fallacy of that will, doctrine that I find really distasteful. One thing I will agree that's weird is the... Uh... 153 fish story and then Pythagoras is oh they're uh, identical but anyways maybe next podcast we can do a comparison oh that'd Jesus be fun Pythagoras to Jesus that'd be interesting that'd be fun that'd be productive yes well listen thank you for letting me have strong ideas against Christianity and I, you know look it's your path to be on you have your own exploring to do and I, I respect where you're at I'm not trying I, you know it doesn't really matter to me what you believe but in a sense that, like, if all of a sudden you're like, I sacrifice kids now, I'd be like, no, you don't. <laughs> but, but like, as, as far as, like, believing in a, well, in, in a tradition that's positive, that's fine. Like, well, yeah. here's, man, here's the thing, man. Like, the dark side doesn't entice you with sacrificing kids, right? Or, or no one would join. <laughs> they, it's got to be a seductive siren call into the, into the labyrinth, the mystery, right? And I think by the time you end up in the underworld, it's too late to realize. And I think they're doing that to the whole world right now. Good night, folks. <laughs> Ah, that's great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that's good. That's good. We'll end it there. We'll end it there. Yeah, don't get seduced into the labyrinth. Get off of Instagram. Stop listening to podcasts. Listen to this radio show every day. And quit mining data and feeding the machine. That's all you're doing. Seriously, go for a walk on the beach, which I'm about to go for in a little while, and because I'm in a dark place and I don't know what else to do. But guess what? That's all you can do. Yeah, folks, and I love you, ma'am. I love you too, buddy, and enjoy your incarnation, and we'll talk to you next time here on Dystopia Now. It's my only incarnation. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all she wrote for this week, this, this particular episode of Pepper for Your Steak. Thank you for being here, and uh, yeah, go follow, like, subscribe to all the socials. Try not to uh, drink the fluoride, don't eat the sarin gas. Um, watch out for trains I love you all I can't wait to see you next time I'll be back soon with another episode of Pepper for your steak Cranston Injury Law wants to get you the most for your injury I had my hand crushed in a Ferdorf trenolator and there was soft tissue damage and Cranston Injury Law sued that company out of business just because I had misused the machine and they got me $7 trillion for my settlement. Cranston Injury Law.